violence, ignoring somebody's plea for help, and then hurting someone by not being honest and true. Have you forgiven yourself? For all any of mm. those three, no. Grownish, smartish, British. We are British, apparently. All right. Um, have you flexed where you jumped on a train halfway and caught an Uber halfway to absolutely, make yourself look absolutely, good? Absolutely. And I put my <laughs> I put my Arabic name in my Uber now, so I get picked up immediately. I didn't realize that. I was like, oh, Zarif. And they were like, Zarif? I'm like, yeah. They're like, come on, brother. Come, on, brother. come in, my brother. Extra like, service. Oh. I'm like, oh, this is, I, y'all don't normally do this when when it just put, if it's my, like. Your government name. Yeah. Well, I've changed it. You've changed your government So technically, name. my name, my first born name is Filio hyphen Zarif. Okay. And I just dropped the Filio because I was like. So wait, I can't call you Filio anymore. Oh, you can call me what you want. I told people you can call me what you want, but I just <clears throat> Zarif. Um, Kadir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can, call me, you can do whatever. Are we running, by the way? Great. Answer the question. Yes. yes. Excellent. <laughs> you know what you're doing. So, All right, so my camera is this to look into if I need to look at the camera. If I'm we're running. The audience. It's watching you. But when, are you talking to the audience? Sometimes you break Talk the to wall. me. Oh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I am so grateful to have you here. I'm grateful to be here. Do you know this is a third strike and you're going to be out? We don't have to talk about, about, talk about it. We talk about that Because we had to inconvenience a few people in the studio. That's, that never, that's not, that never <laughs> happened. So I'm unwell, but I'm here because this is my one window to have what's, you. What's, what is it? Flu? It can be whatever it is oh, right now. You got to take it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But like, I just—is it? Can I catch it? Is it your cycle? As long as I don't, I can't catch that. Is it what? Huh? My cycle? Yeah. No, nah, if it's my cycle, it'll be something else. We sold your fruit. All right, we'll see. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. All right. So we yeah. got Philia in the building, but that's no yeah. longer your name. Nope. What's right. your name? So shall I do it? Shall I, okay. So, um, we start there then, since we're talking about life and growing up and all these things like that. Now, how are you trying to try and run my conversation? You tell me. You tell me how <laughs> Wait, this goes. I'm going to go ahead. Know your lane, sir. Okay. Know your you lane. you right. you right. I was on. Well, I basically, Let me, uh, can you start the show? Growing up, say, guys, welcome to Growing Up Brits-ish, but in the most British accent that you know. <sighs> in the most British accent? Oh, should I do posh or roadman? Roadman, please, all Road day. Uh, was it Growing Up British? You get me, Yeah. <laughs> this is i can't do it see i can't do it on command i can only do it when i'm mocking someone mock me then no but you're not a robot like i gotta mock like kojo or like who else speaks like a roadman or try kojo talks like a roadman when he talks to his friends oh to the mandem yeah yeah to the the mandem yeah yeah when when people talk today they switch up (laughs) and i didn't know it was a switch up until i lived here i was like oh that's not why are you talking like this? Yeah, you got to know how to switch up. But then y'all Address slang your is like so different from my slang. So I don't even know. See, the thing is, we understand your slang because for most of the TV, time, we're yeah. trying to be like you guys growing up. Now then the British culture became like a big getting, thing. Yeah, it's getting fired. Shout we, we, to, we use some of your slang changed now. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We use some of your slang now. I know. Um, I know. We use, what do we say now? What uh, do you say? I use, I mix, my slang is weird. I use Atlanta, New Orleans, and LA slang. Because Plus British. Of like how yeah. I grew up. Plus, well, I, yeah, because I'd say mandem sometimes. Okay. But I, we say my G, so I didn't know my G. Yeah, we say my G. You guys say my, but I don't know who made my G. I don't know if it was. I'll let you guys have it. It might be Chicago. It sounds like a Chicago thing. Yeah. Because you guys have a lot of Chicago and like your, uh, your, your, not drill. What's the other one? Um, huh? Grime. Grime. You got that. It's got a lot of 
it's like a lot of three six mafia yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. influence in there i noticed so i really i like that though yeah. so i'm gonna assume you guys had more gangsters than us growing up so we'll, we'll let you have a title <sighs> yeah you, you created my you. unfortunately did. so um so name so yes. was born um i have a very very long name tell actually. me all of it so i can google i never it. said my government name fully out but i'll tell you off camera but i will tell you now okay. i have a long i have nine names legally born start to finish and I, the name has a meaning so my parents okay. are like those like black hippie kind of parents even though they was like <laughs> selling dope and stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> We'll get on to that. We'll get on to that. But they <laughs> gave like the long. So my mom was like, I want the biblical kind of name because my grandma and them were like, you got to you can't just name your baby. all these African names. She was like, they're not African. They're Hebrew and they're uh, Arabic. And she was my grandma was like, what? Lesser. What and is that? She was like, the Bible, Hebrew. It's got all through there. They're all biblical. Uh, and then my dad is one of those. He's not a Hebrew Israelite. Mm. But he's like something around there where he's very Star David's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But he doesn't. I just remember this one time. I didn't really hang with my pops much. But I remember one time I seen him out and he was talking to me and a Hasidic Jewish man walked past. Mm, mm, mm. And I'll never forget my pops. I didn't know he could speak Yiddish, basically. Okay. And he said something to the guy because the guy was asking a question to another guy. And he said something to him. And the guy was like, what? And then mm-hmm. my dad was like, oh, yeah, you know. I want to yell. Something about the lost tribes and this and that. And the guy was like, oh, yeah. And I didn't know Hasidic, some Hasidics or some other sets of Jewish people, they believe that as well. Okay. So they agreed okay. with that. So he was like, oh, okay. And they shook hands and walked away. So it's between those two that I got it. But I'm named after some people that they also knew. Okay. So like Aman is one of my middle names. Okay, nice. And uh, Sharif as well. Okay. And so there was two men that my mom and my father knew Aman and Loma Sharif. So I got their names. That's and then, nice. So I got a lot of, so I was born filio hyphenated Zarif. Okay. But I took the filio, especially after like taking Islam more serious, cause you know, I took Shahada. Yep. And then I started taking it way more serious. And so I was like, it was me praying. Cause I'm not a prayer. So mm. I try hard. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. hard because if you will talk about how how I viewed God growing up and why. Of course, of course. And so I was like praying, and then this I can't. I'm I have a problem with immediate results. Okay, so like, you, uh, you want immediate results? Yeah, I have a my therapist. Is, we're working on. I have a uh, impulse problem. Okay, impulse control. So I'm I have immediate. Like I need to, and I get angry if I didn't. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like yeah. growing up, that didn't help. So you right? need you need that you need to practice patience basically. Which is this is the most helpful thing yeah. I would say by far. Yeah. Because in I, Islam it's it's overemphasized. <sighs> yeah. So much. Like uh and my child. It's but That's a massive be. test of your patience Ooh, every damn day. I'm like, well, you know, I know because yeah, I think I part of me was like, <laughs> I think this is the white party because the black party you should know better. <laughs> I was like, but I know I didn't know better, so maybe it's the black party that doesn't Each, know better. Or maybe they're just kids, man. Yeah, that as yeah, well. Literally. Yeah, yeah. Because her mom is very of uh, uh, out front, <laughs> facing patient person when not dealing with me or other people probably that annoy her at some points. Which I'm honest, I'm very annoying, I'm as sure. you know. I'm sure. And uh, yeah, so I just switched to that, and it felt better. And I, you know, what's funny. All of my Muslim friends that I was talking to about it, they were like, absolutely, bro, we support this. And mm-hmm. what a powerful name. And I told them, like, my full, what I wanted to do and why I wanted to do it. And yeah. Kadir, I picked Kadir because I had a friend of mine pass away. You ever hear me talk about this guy, Spoon? Listen, yeah. you're, you're jumping ahead of all my go conversations. Ahead, go, ahead, go ahead. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Z-A-R-I-F-Z. Excuse me. I know where I'm at. 
No, I say Z. You say Z? Yeah, my, my son's son no did it. Because there's no ED at the end. We won't get to the politics of it, but my son's Americanized because of like TV and it. Does he so. speak? Does he have an accent? American my accent? son sounded Hispanic when he was born. Like when he was younger, he, like Dora Explorer hit him hard. Oh. He's like, <laughs> uh, mommy, I'd like some. And I'm just like, where's the accent from? I'm oh. like, baby, you know. <laughs> Mommy, but yeah. ¿qué, qué pasa? You're like, literally no. I think at some point he was saying C around the house and I'm just like okay. I say C but that's yeah yeah but you're a whole grown adult but I think that's just me yeah you're eyeing up the snacks no yeah <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna wait go ahead <laughs> alright so we start each episode with a quote right you mm-hmm. gave me a few um, I picked out two one I'm gonna use later on okay. but this one here I think it was Erica Badu's one that I don't know what anybody has done one do you remember it or yes. shall I read it out yeah read it out all right, so your quote was, I don't know what anyone, what anybody has done. I know that everybody has done something. Whatever you did, forgive yourself. Let it go. It's easier than you think. People do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose that quote? Because that's like, so for me, um, there's most people that know me, know me as uh, trying to be a decent person. I don't think there's good or bad people. Mm. I say that. I think everybody's trying. I think it's circumstantial, environmental, rearing, all that. Like you could literally come up in a in the perfect environment and still there could be something. Yeah. Right. And and I think we, we're trying to use this linear moral compass or this line of morality when it really is very much fluctuating. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe, especially Westerners, we, we should not open our mouths about morality. I don't care how much you do, you live in a Western country just by default, by not by daily activities, you're mm. harming someone else. Yeah, and you know it. And sometimes, sometimes unknowingly, unknowingly, yeah, because no, uh, no one's allowed you to reflect and take accountability. Hundred percent. But like, I mean, even <laughs> little stuff like using up resources. Like, we know enough yeah, to where I it's messed like, up the environment. Right, right. We know enough to where it's like, mm, but you're trying. Some yeah. people are actively, like, actively trying to do something better in some way to leave some positive mark on the world. Mm. So uh, the way I look at it is. Anyone who hits you with a, a, a pile of like, you're wrong, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing this. Even if you have done so, I've done some wrong, I've done some bad, mm. I've done a, quite a fair bit. But <laughs> I look at them and I go, but you're pointing at me. And like my granddad and a lot of granddads used to say, you got three fingers pointing back at you. Yeah. Which is a sly way of saying like, you, you're you not perfect, you've no never been perfect. No one's perfect, so just be mindful. And yeah. if you've grown... Now, if you're at a point to where you're growing, you're not. You're doing more and more positive, and you're doing your best not to harm anybody or harm the world. That's good for you. Yeah. But yeah. your job is not to then police and or attack someone else. It's to educate them. That's it. The only That's way people it. change is education through positivity. No, I agree. And I think the forgiving yourself part is really important because mm-hmm. I think we are biggest critiques. So even people who are deflecting really bad energy sometimes they're very harsh on themselves inside which is why they do what they do so i think yeah. forgiving yourself is a big thing because sometimes we don't feel like we're 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 worthy enough for forgiveness that's, over certain things that's where i am still at yeah and that's where i've been for years is the forgiving myself part is trying to figure out and it's talking to my therapist mostly mm. uh, she's amazing um trying to figure out and that's her big thing with me. Like, you need to let go and forgive yourself. Yeah. You need to, because you're not going to not repeat mistakes. You're not going to not do any of the positive uh, working, the building that we're doing, um, the work that we're doing, if you don't do that. You can't Sassy. dwell back and be like, man, I'm, is there something I can, like, go back if, you know. She was like, you do that a lot. Like, 
how can you go back and make someone not we can't we can't change not that. hate you or not whatever you can't yeah you have to move forward and continue to grow and do better and hope that they also can do the same and if they don't they won't but that's on their own thing and people who meet you and continue to work with you and continue to do things with you have to see that you're committed to the positive change. Do you ever feel like, a, do you ever feel like when, now that you've grown into like a better version, obviously you're still a working version of mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like you're a fraud when like yeah. you're putting out like the good energy, but you're yeah. like, right, is this For sure. really who I am? For sure. Because that's why, and you know what's funny? That's why I don't post a lot on social media mm. because all I really ever do want to do is post positive stuff or something to make people laugh. And then I'm, I mean, you could, I've had Instagram since 2010. Okay. And I got maybe 300 posts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I have friends who've had it from like 2015 and it got thousands of, and it's just, and it's not, I also, I'm, I write and I be in my head, I be all artsy and stuff, but mm-hmm. it is a lot of like, oh, I want to post this nice positive thing. And if you even look back on my Instagram, it's a lot of, the quotes aren't positive. They are depressing because that's where I was. If you read what I, the comment, yeah. if you read the headspace I was in, Cause I went back, I was like, let me go back and read. Like, cause a friend of mine, she told me, she was like, I went back and read like a lot of your quotes. Cause you would always post a quote with a picture. And she was like, they're all about death and dying and sadness. And mm. she's like, there's nothing like happy about it. You didn't seem quite optimistic. Right. She was like, but the pictures are so beautiful. People ignore that. That's she said, true. and I was like, well, that was Only literally people. my point. Yeah. It's like a silent cry for help, I guess, in a way. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I always, yeah, I feel like that. Sometimes I'm like, should I post? Like I just, posted something the other day or yesterday um, about my commitment to change in Islam and things like that. And I was like, but then I was like, "Mm, do, is that like, do I, did I do that for some recognition? So I turned the comments off so I couldn't get any comments about it, Mm. but did I do it for recognition or did I do it because I legitimately felt that or what? I think also sometimes when you put things out there, you're holding yourself accountable. So mm. if you're now declaring what you want to be or what your intention is or your journey, it's almost like you're telling people, like, this is it. So if, if yeah. I'm not doing that, yeah. then I'm letting myself down. It's like me right. when I say I'm about to lose weight, guys, and I'm not keeping it a secret. Because if, if I keep it a secret, it's because I know I want to cheat on my diet. Right. But if I put it out there, then I now have to prove my point. I did that with the drinking. Yeah, it's I saw a real you. bad drinking problem. Yeah, yeah. Like, so really, you, you posted recently how many like months and years you've been... Yeah, so I had a drug things. problem. Yeah. And I had a bad drinking problem. The drinking was not as bad as the drugs because uh, mm. the drinking costs more than the drugs was free for a while. I did my friend's podcast in New York and we talked about how free. Um, can I say cocaine? I mean, cocaine was, was for comics <laughs> and people like white powdery substance. Uh, and that was a problem. But the, the drinking, I didn't see a problem with it. I didn't realize um, until I couldn't have it for like a little bit. That I was like, oh, yeah, this I'm is, actually dependent. This is, yeah, I was yeah. like, I, you know, how could I be addicted drinking every day? Well, mm. you're not, you're addicted, but you're drinking every day. So you realize. So I put that out, and now I'm like, okay, people who would offer me drinks stopped. Um, I did somebody's show a bit ago, and the promoters, I'm friends with the promoters, lovely dude, mm-hmm. and uh, he was like. First of all, he addressed me right away. Zarif, you don't, you're not drinking, right? You want some water, some juice? And I was like, damn, like I just walked in. I was mm, like, bro, that, that's, that's who good. I need to be around. Set the bar. Nice. That's who I need to be around. People like that. And to me, I see this guy every blue moon. Mm. But the fact that he was immediately willing to, yeah. as opposed to people I've known for my life, 
who like, hey, man, when I see you, man, we're going to go get a drink. Did you not just? Yeah, yeah. Some people are like, oh, don't worry, man. It's just one drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't understand. Like, it's yeah, like the struggle is real. What addiction is. Yeah. You know? or, or they might be in the same boat, but they haven't recognized it themselves. That's usually the people who are offering. Yeah. yeah I go, <laughs> they want you to jump in. I was on like, the you know, we, the story I always tell, I go, a friend of mine saw me passed out in New York, drunken and high, next to a homeless person, like, just outside of a bar, passed out on the ground. Mm. And he woke me up and was like, um, "Yeah, let's take you home. Like this is mm. not." And then he would he would be on my butt like mm. nonstop until I moved away. So much so that I, he knows I stopped trying to hang out with him because he was trying to help me yeah. and I didn't want help. Yeah, right. So yeah, I think you have to be ready for help because mm-hmm. people can throw your whole. They can give you so much energy, and if you're not prepared, you'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I'm looking to do it, I'm looking to do it, but then you yeah. just swell, and you avoid that person because you don't want to. I avoided him, and I've, I, to, I, the guilt, I avoided him for like a year. Mm. And we had things, projects to work on. Just, but I was like, nah. Be right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, call, I'll call you later. I'll call you later. I'll call you later. Mm, it's all good, man. Yeah. Your growth is here. So that's, that's what matters. True that. Uh, my quote was, Be a better you for yourself. And I think that's kind of where you're at as well. Yeah. Uh, I think we spend a lot of time waiting for people and reasons to be better mm-hmm. in anything whether it's career whether it's parenthood or whatever that like, oh yeah once i become a parent then i'll stop doing this or you know so it's like sometimes you just yeah. need to want this for yourself because you deserve better yeah. and i watch people and i'm just like bro like want better for yourself mm-hmm. just because you're on this earth once and you deserve to have a best opportunity and by you just living very nonchalant within like limited space and you're not actually allowing yourself to have maximum capacity to grow it's like you're only hurting yourself but people seem to think well if i'm not hurting no one then i'm okay but actually deep down inside you're, you're not okay yeah. <laughs> which is true because the kid the the child thing it didn't change the only thing it changed was my level of um okay i gotta make sure that i save money and put money into the kid so that she can have a better this mm. and it, i didn't even think about being a better person so she could not be raised the way I was raised uh, until I had, a, we could talk about it later, but I had an incident with my mom and my pops mm. when, we, when I went to visit home. And I was like, oh, because my therapist had told me, I mean, I don't know if you want to get, what you want to get into now, but no, that's cool. Good my therapist it. told me years ago, she was like, you have to stop talking to your parents. Cold, cold. She said she's she's black lady from Atlanta too. I was gonna say, she is, like, is she white? No, she's a black woman from Atlanta. She was like, I know. Yeah, it's hard. It's minority hard to not. Mm. She said you have to, and she said not distance. She's I've been working with you for years. Not distance. Not this. She said certain other family members too. You have to remove yourself completely. Let them know they need to do, do the work. You do your work, and then when you're ready, it could be years. You can reapproach that. Uh, relationship. Yeah, she yeah. was like, but you will not progress past where you are if you continue to go and put yourself back in that same mindset, in that same environment. And so we had an incident because I don't hit my child. You say what? I don't hit. You don't hit I don't hit. Yeah, I don't yeah, spank. Yeah. I don't, I try my best not to raise my voice. I do a stern voice with the gritting of the teeth, like <laughs> off the couch. But I don't want to scream because she's three. She doesn't understand. Kind of ask when you do that. Does she freak out? She tightens up. Because my son's eight, I want to go, and he's just like, he literally wants to cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah she does. <laughs> like a demon comes out of me, like, sir. <laughs> she does. She's like, 
Because I'm like, listen to me. Because it's never something that she's doing that's annoying. It's something she's doing that's dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. you are not an acrobat. Yeah. You cannot do this. Yeah. I can teach. If you, we can go to the jumpy play thing and do, we'd flip all day. Release the energy there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, on yeah. the couch, you're going to hurt yourself. And mm -hmm. so I do that. And I notice, I go, oh, in my head, if I'm being honest, this is the time that had I continued to be in the environment and in, in the mind space and everything else that I had been, I would have popped her. Yeah. No problem with a popter. Yeah. Um, and even before having a kid, talking to her mom a lot and talking to other people, like, man, I, if my kid did that, I'd bow, bow, hit. Literally. Saying, like, you know <laughs> what kind of beating? And it was always because that's what happened to me. Precisely. And then I go, but look how I ended up, <laughs> like, for a period of time. Yeah. I didn't, it, the beatings did not help. If anything, yeah. they it was more anger and resentment because... I didn't do anything malicious yet. You were just being a kid I was at being that a point. kid and you yeah. know what I mean? And so I very thoroughly explained that to my mom. Like, yo, we don't hit. We're not hitting. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Babysit, do whatever. We're going to go out. Um, you don't put your hands down. Don't spank her. She will not understand why mm. she's being spanked. She did it twice. Mm. And I was like, and it. I the only time I've ever raised my voice at my mom, there's been two times before that. The first time I was a kid, and I screamed at her because she promised something and she didn't do it. Mm. And then she kind of felt bad for that. And the only other time is when I moved out and I was like 16 and a half. And this is the religion thing mm. where my mother practices faith called uh, Ifa. It's a West African Nigerian faith, even though we're not Nigerian. I did the whole DNA. <laughs> I am Congolese. I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> Senegalese, Angolan, Mali, Cote d'Ivoire. Well, Sierra Leone as well. Sierra Leone. Yeah. And uh, some white from slavery. <laughs> and uh, I was just like, that's not even our thing. We're not Ghanaian. We're not Nigerian at all. And it happens here. It doesn't happen in America, but African women, older women will see me be like, where are you from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm from America. Where are your people from? Like, yeah, yeah. They'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. you're that generation. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, because you look, you have this nose and then this head and this yeah, lips. It's yeah, not this, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. yeah. I love it though. But, yeah, I've uh, had people look at other people and be able to try and identify yeah. where they're originally they'd from. Be, you're mixed, mixed black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, yeah. So she practices, and a lot of that has a lot of animal sacrifice. Okay. And rituals and things, which was I was too young to be seeing animal sacrifice. Five for helping kill animals in the mm. city. I'm from the city. If I was a farm boy, yeah, I might be used to cutting up. the chicken's head yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a But I got to go to public school. You know what I mean? This is not, and that actually is why I grew up hating God because my mm. association with God was killing animals and I loved animals. Yeah. And trying to explain that as a child to your mom and, and then getting smacked for talking back. And it it's like, I just don't want to cut a goat's throat. Yeah. And then that continued for a number of years and then just progressed and progressed. And the other part was I noticed she was doing all this sacrifice and doing all these things with all these people. They were all doing this whole group of thing. And I'm not downing their faith. That's their faith. That's their no, faith. That's what they do. And that's but just, yeah. there was never any actual result. In fact, things were getting worse. Mm. Homeless. We were homeless. We didn't have this. We didn't have that. We lost everything. Um, had no money. Couldn't do this. Couldn't go here. Couldn't eat. Couldn't <laughs> do this. And I'm like, but what? So why do we keep spending money on animals to kill? for yeah. years and so it but it's started her belief to, I guess it's her yeah. belief and yeah, then yeah. I go okay you know I got to an age and she was like I need you to come do this and I was already kind of with my boy we was selling drugs in a gang whatever and uh, we were going to get an apartment and she was just like 
you can't move out. And I was like, I'm, I'm grown in my head. I'm moving out. Yeah. And screamed and screamed. I punched a hole in the wall and I left. And I think that messed up. Originally, that's probably what messed up the relationship with my direct little brother. Mm-hmm. It's because I just left him as well. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize him. he didn't, also didn't have a dad, didn't have a male figure, and I was that. Yeah, but I'm 15, so how do 16? How do I know? Unfortunately, you you won't know unless yeah. you're some woke child or some crazy I was wisdom. Then I was not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how much Malcolm X I read yeah, in yeah, Nation yeah. Islam meetings I went to, yeah, yeah, uh, I was not. Fair and um, yeah, so we had that falling out, and then that was it. And I was like, I had to tell her like, yo, like. No. Yeah. Because it's not even just me. You do realize she has another parent. Yeah. Who's yeah. not down with this yeah. either. And yeah. you you are not the parent of this child. No. no. You know what I mean? So So I grew up on discipline. We literally just I've released an episode just about this and I, I spoke about how I thought I'd be giving my child beatings left, mm. right, and center. Like, I was looking forward to it. I'm like, I can't wait till I come parent. <laughs> mm. it's, it's about to go Practicing, down. Practicing um, with belt. <laughs> yeah, but then afterwards I realized, nah, there's another way. And, and mm-hmm. where you had like anger built up inside you every time you got licks, that's how I felt. And I'm just yeah. like, I don't want my child to be angry at me. I want him to, I want him to, I want him to fear me in a sense of you don't want to disappoint me and the respect element. Yeah. And that's what we worked out. Yeah. And I like, I like to remove his happiness with one look. Like if he's acting stupid, mm-hmm. rather than come and beat him, I'll give him one look and he freaks out and that's enough for me. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. working on that stir, a deadly stir, yeah. that was enough for me to, to let me know that I can change that narrative yeah. from what my parents inherited. But then my parents now are an age where they don't even understand that they used to hit us. Like it's such a distant memory of how they've grown. Oh, for sure. That they wouldn't even think about hating my son. And it's just like, mm. I like this, mm. but like, why can we not get the licks? <laughs> yeah, for real. Why, why did we have to suffer? I think in time, what happens is, like with your parents, what happens is people continue to leave their bubble and explore and grow mm-hmm. and see other things. And I don't know what your parents' experiences were, but my mom didn't have that particular lesson. She had other lessons. Mm. But a lot of lessons, like the not keeping a job and then not doing crime and then not whatever, she never got those lessons. She, yeah. she continues to do those. And so I was like, I also had to make the decision to be like, I can't have my kid around you and you teaching her the things that you taught me, even by proxy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I said, because she's going to look up to you, grandma. And your lady, you black, so like her, she's going to look up to you. By default. By default. Kids kids put parents and grandparents on a pedestal. I put my uncles up there and all these people who was criminals. All the people around, all the men there was two types of men in my life. There was righteous men and there was criminals. And the criminals seemed to always have what I wanted, the life I wanted. Mm. And I didn't see the other side of their life because I never saw the inside of a jail yeah, or yeah, prison. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or get, so you saw I the got, glamorous part. Right. Like I've been part. shot, but I've never died. You know yeah. what I mean? And I've seen my friends die and whatever and so on and so forth. But she, um, we haven't talked in, in, it's almost been like two years. Mm. But the, the sadness I thought I'd feel is not there. It's more... Every time I talk to my therapist or aunt or cousin, I'm working through these problems. And it it isn't that I don't miss my mom or that I don't love my mom or something like that. It's mm. just I understand the growth that needs to happen. And I'm hoping that she's doing the same. Right. And then we come back and, and connect. Do on you think love. she'll ever have that growth if her if her environment is pretty much aiding what she's doing? I'm I don't know. I don't know if my departure did positive positively impact that or negatively i'm not sure mm. um because i think know. i think you had an opportunity to step away from your home mm-hmm. into a new environment you did your own 
stripperness, thinking you're a big man, age 16, with your boys shutting weeds or whatever it is you're doing. But then you also got to explore the world. So I feel like maybe you're more yeah. well I did. I got to, I got to, it was, so this is the thing with the name as well. So my friend Spoon mm. is the one I talk about in my comedy sometimes. He passed away, but his he was actually born uh, to a Muslim family. His father was Nation of Islam mm-hmm. and his mother was not, but his his father left the Nation of Islam but still had friends in it. And his okay. mom was Muslim, but she was not Nation of Islam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, just too black, you know, his mom was uh, from, I want to say Sudan. I want to say Sudan. My people. Yeah, yeah, yeah I want to yeah, say yeah. she was Sudanese. I'm, I, I don't remember. But she passed away when we were young. And mm. then obviously we were running the streets doing our thing. And he was like a pro. So I'm just kind of following him. And he's always like, man, no, nah, this is not for you. Like, stay same age. But he's like, you know what? Don't come out tonight, bro. Like He can tell you the, the rookie levels. Yeah, because like, he's have like, man, you, you, you just got finished spray painting a skateboard. And now you want to say crack. Like, man, yeah. go wash your hands first, man, or something. And then he'd leave me. No, I respect that. Yeah, yeah. he didn't. And then, then later he'd be like, come on, man, because you're actually really smart. You like, help me. <laughs> we need you now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, his name, his birth name was Kadir. Okay. And so every time uh, somebody, the first young person to look out for me at that age was him. And, mm. and I was the only person that would call him Kadir. Nobody would call him Kadir. I was mm. calling him Kadir. And he, um, he, uh, he, when he passed away, it was tough. I, I never knew how to honor him because he legitimately saved my life twice. Mm. And I never knew how to honor him until later it came to me in prayer, I believe. And that I was just like, oh, that's the name. Mm. Take his name as well because that's an important thing. And he, we would go, I, he took me to uh, the mall one day and the mall is like was like right near a Nation of Islam mosque. And I'm not Nation, but yeah, I yeah. Malcolm X and I listen sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. to half of what Farrakhan says, no, no offense. I mean, some, some of his speech yeah, is hey, solid. Some. <laughs> yeah, some, but I've listened it gets to, to a I'm point, like, hey. I'm like, okay. And then then it goes, like, ooh. Yeah, exactly, I'm like, it's the same way I feel with Umar. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. Mm, uh, Right. This is why I need to turn you off. Right, but that's just my. Is that part is not for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I and, respect that. Um, and and yeah, and so I just remember with Islam how I really got into it was the, the, this man used to live. With my mother and I, she was always let people live with us. And this guy, his name was Musa, black mm. Muslim, just black American man Muslim. His name was Musa, and he was the sweetest, the nicest, most like every time there would be like a fight or something, or somebody's about to do something, he just come out and talk, mm. and people would be like, oh, they would just chill out. Yeah, because his was energy was calm. Because he was just like, what, what are we doing, brother? And it wasn't like preachy. It wasn't this. And he would just be like, you like, damn. People are like, all right, Musa, man, put my gun up, man. I was going to kill him. But <laughs> just you, for you. You came out, bro. I ain't going to do it in front of you. <laughs> and uh, yeah. that was that. And it was a brother. I, I don't know his name, but he was security. He was Fruit of Islam security. And when I went in to see Farrakhan, so was, I was like, oh, Farrakhan, I'm going to go see him. See, I'm yeah. 17. I'm going to go. He was like, I got to search you. He searched me, found a gun. I'm thinking he going to call the police. He was like, look. I'm gonna hold on to this. I'm gonna put it in this bag, put it over here. When you're done listening to the minister, if you still want this gun when you come out, I give it to you, it's yours. I go Rah. in, listen to the minister talk, I'm watching all the people, it feels, I'm like, man, I never felt nothing like this, it's powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody here is trying to do the right thing, you know, front facing at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I leave, I didn't even think to ask him put a gun. for yeah. it. I was so mesmerized. I mean, I, I had to go pay that back. <laughs> I mean, let's leave it out. He, yeah. just, he just managed to, he to got, finesse yeah, you. <laughs> he did, but he was like, but when I, like, later, I was like, yo, Spoon, I ain't got my, he was like, man, they always do that shit. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> and so, but every time after that, it was always, like, I had a high school teacher. I had mm. a, every single. So there's constant reminders. Of, of, but they of were Muslim men and women. Is. 
And it will always be, when I sat back and thought about it and went over it with my therapist, she's telling me everybody positive mm. who had a direct impact, every single person, I'm not even over-exaggerating, every single person was Muslim. Interesting. Every single person. And she was just like, yeah. She was like, maybe that's something you could look into because she said, she's religious, she's Christian, but she was like, you seem to be searching for something. You seem to be filling this yeah. void with, every, with women mm. and not even them, just their body. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Drugs, booze, violence. She was like, you uh, quite a violent young man. I was like, mm. yeah. She was like, just all types of stuff. And it's making you, it's hurt. You hurt. She's like, you're sensitive. Yeah, I you're a hurt sensitive person. Because I am sensitive. <laughs> she's like, you're sensitive. You're tender. I was like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm a man. I'm, what are you thug. I'm a thug. First of all, lady, did you ever see my crib walk? I'm a thug. She yeah, was like, no, yeah. you are a sense. She's like, you never progressed past what, like six? Mm. She was like, you were a little boy. You just need some hugs. Yeah. And then she pinpointed it to... Every thug needs a hug. Every thug needs a hug. She pinpointed <laughs> it to my grandmother's passing when I was like eight. Nobody... Grandma was my... my I lived with her, basically. And, and then my grandma was my rock. And nobody explained to me what that meant. Like, I'd seen death. Mm-hmm. And I'd seen... Even then, I'd seen people get shot up in the... But I didn't understand the finality of it until... I couldn't go back to grandma's house. And I was like, I don't understand why I can't yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. What and then my mean? favorite cousin, and then my other cousin. And, then, and I'm like, I don't understand. And no one's. It's getting realer and realer. And now I'm, a, now I'm 13 at this point, and everybody's gone. And I, don't, I still don't comprehend it, but I have never, I didn't cry. You didn't allow yourself to, to didn't process cry the grief. Because I was told, be a man, don't cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I apply that everywhere. And so I'm like, damn. And my therapist, I remember she asked me, she said, when was the last time you cried because you, you're, you were hurt? And something hurt you. I was like, probably like seven. Mm. And she was like, I just remember her not eye. even, Not even slightly eye sweating. Nope. I would hold it in. I had the emotion. Mm. Please believe. I cry all the how time now. How did it show then? If it weren't crying, how did it show? Through anger. Through hurting people. Like mm. literally through manipulation, through hurting, through through trying to drown it with drugs and this or whatever. Hurting women. Like it showed through would you that. say would you say it was your ego telling you not to cry or was it that you were that wired from young? Both. Okay. Both. Partially I knew crying was okay at a point. Mm. But then also the ego was like you you a, you a player, you can't be crying. You know what I'm saying? Crying, bro. What you crying? Boy, hit some weed, bro. Smoke, you be good. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. and then that turned into manifesting and just burning. Have you cried since? Scorched. Oh, yeah, I cry all the time now. (laughs) You you unlock that tap completely. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it's if (laughs) my daughter see me cry so I think she see me cry so many times. She's like, are you okay? No, I'm just proud of you. You just did this. Like, let me give you a hug, Dad. Yeah, hugging and and movies. And uh, I saw some kids playing together. I'm Mm. not even joking. Like, I was on the bus and, and I was having a bad day and I saw, like, some multicultural youth playing together and I was like ah, this is neat the world is beautiful I was like what is that why am I doing ah. that's good though but yeah you keep, it's you're good. keeping it 100 and that's you how gotta, you should you be. gotta let it out man yeah. anybody who's like oh, I'm gonna cry I'm like I don't wanna be around you player but yeah cause you're not you're not allowing yourself yeah, and you you're, got, you're not happy something man. gonna happen yeah I don't wanna be there yeah cause happens. I was the person that was doing stuff with now yeah. I don't wanna so you spoke about obviously you had you lost a lot of people by the age of 13 do you feel like your childhood was pretty much snatched off you? Because obviously you at 16 started, or at least from 16 started doing drugs, selling drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, I started at 14. So when did you actually get to have a childhood? And how has that reflected on you now with your daughter? 
I think my childhood was I'm still I'm still a big kid. Anybody mm-hmm. that hangs out with me is like, oh, like I literally invited a bunch of guys to a snowball fight and they were like, I'm twenty nine and I was like What's the point? <laughs> it was Kazim. You know Kazim. Yeah, Kazeem. yeah, yeah. Tried to play me out. I was like, bro, y'all want to do a snowball fight? And they were like, I'm grown. All the guys were like, well, I was like, well, okay, Listen. I play snowball fight, whatever. Did you but, find did you find some kids outside? Like, Yo. Absolutely. I beat, beat these kids with these balls, these snowballs. Yeah, I'm going to child abuse, but whatever. It's fine. They were they were teenage. <laughs> but it's Somali boys that hang around my neighborhood all the time. They're nice boys. Um, they like me. I did a... They were in the road one day in, on the street, and I was like, yo, could you move? It's called sidewalk, not side stand. And their friends was like, oh, my days, bruv. He's American. He said side stand, bruv. Oh, American, bruv. Played you, bruv. Oh, my days, bruv. You going to take that from? You going to take that from from him, man, American, man. Be careful. This Donnie might have a gun, man. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I, um, I think when I was a child, mm. I think my childhood probably stopped when my grandma died, because I had to be a man then, because my mom didn't have childcare for me and my brother anymore and anybody. So I was just like basically working, you know mm. what I mean? Doing this, doing that, doing this. I, and I, I wasn't really like playing around with my friends as much anymore. And there was these boys. So this is a, I got a couple of homies that will watch this and be like, oh, I know who you're talking about. Because mm. there was these guys that lived next door to us. And they were heinous drug dealers. Uh, they used to sell Bobby Brown his drugs. That's how okay. big they were. And, clientele, um, it's real. Clientele. <laughs> and every time the police would come, they had built these spaces in the walls and the floorboards to hide. Yeah. So I would play Nintendo with them or whatever, and I was cool with them. And they was like, oh, you cool, you cool, you know, whatever. But there was one young man who they used to pick on a lot. He told on them, basically. And he snitched. Yeah, he snitched on them real bad. And um, I just remember my friends who moved in the house who moved in the house after they moved out, um, I told them, I was like, you know this, you can go in the walls, right? They was like, what? And I showed them, they was like, what? Um, <laughs> it was crazy, but yeah, those are my homies now, Emmanuel and his brothers and stuff. And um, That's it. But uh, yeah, they uh, that was like a the last like childhoody memory. And we would talk there. about comics and play games and stuff. But even then it was like on some older boy, like we still, the neighborhood, we couldn't be like, <laughs> giggling yeah, yeah, at that yeah, age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we used to like, yeah, yeah, Spider-Man's cool, bro. But, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mess with Thor, really. You know, it was like trying yeah, to be yeah. tough at that time. And yeah, I think the last time I got in a, I got in a fight, it was a day I got in a fight with this boy. And mm. I purposely missed the hit because I knew I could beat him up and I just didn't want to beat him up. Yeah, you weren't ready to beat him up. And, and, and then he tried to hit me and I ended up beating him up. But <laughs> I was like, this is the, I even that day, I was like, this is it. Because my mm. mom's like, go out there and fight him. You know, no punk. He came to your yard mm. to fight you, like literally your front yard. And you, the whole neighborhood's like, what you going to do? Would you inherit that same mindset with your mom? No. If you were to see your daughter in a, God forbid, in that situation. Or if you have a son. I'm going to put her in judo, jujitsu, so, so she can defend ready. herself as a yeah. young woman, just yeah. in general, for the world. Um, but if somebody's trying to fight her, walk away. Yeah. Your father walked away. Somebody spit on me, I walked away. Yeah. Your father, now... This is so it doesn't apply to whether she's a girl or a guy. No, same, it same. Matter. It's the same thing. Like yeah. somebody disrespects you to the utmost degree, the worst thing you can do to them is tell them to have a wonderful day and walk away. And I know yeah, that. Yeah, kill them with fact. kindness. I know that from fact yeah. from doing it. A guy called me a nigger as I'm pumping gas mm. because he came in the wrong way and whatever. And I was like, you know what, man? I don't know what happened to you. But whatever it is, it blinded you to the fact that I could set you on fire. I'm bigger <laughs> than you. I got a car full of other guys bigger than you. You're having a bad time. And you thought that that was yeah. supposed to do whatever. I said, look, man, hey, hope you have a better day, man. 
I'm going to let it slide. I'm sure he, like, in his head, in his world, he was like, you're not going to believe what happened. Apparently, they don't care. And it's like <laughs> a whole thing. But my boys was like, man, why we didn't? I was like, because that's what he wanted. Yeah, that's the mindset you have to have because, like, the, you've given them no ammo whatsoever. Nothing. Nothing. And I said this. I said, like, people who are angry and pent up, like, just kill them with kindness, yeah. man. And There's it didn't hurt more me. frustrating. It also didn't hurt. My, I learned the last lesson I learned when I was young. Um. I was told, my granddad told me, the, if the worst thing that happened to you in your day is that somebody calls you the N-word, mm. then you're having a pretty good day. And that's like his, like, I'm like, damn. Like, as a man, I'm like, wow, what do you have to go through? Yeah. And then, so I, t- I carry that with me. Because for some time. people, that, that, that is a point where you will hit yeah, someone. Yeah, that's it. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So there's cases. people now I know, like, uh, my friends that I'm friends with, I'm like, I don't just let people say that around me just in general, like homies, yeah, but not like white kids or whatever they think they could just say. Listen, there's different rules. It's a very dangerous it's, place. Yeah, just but I just it. be like, bro, just like if you're not black or like blackish close to it, don't <laughs> do not do that. Yes. And then he, um, I have a homie who's just like, he beat somebody up in the subway. Mm. And I'm like, bro, you going to go to jail. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Is there's no it? proof to, yeah, just like let him like, be like, all right, man, yeah. blow him a kiss and walk away. <laughs> He'll never forget. Like this guy blew me. What? It's drive him crazy for the rest yeah, of his life. Yeah, yeah, it's mind blowing. Yeah. So you're a comedian. So for those, I actually didn't give you a proper intro, by the way. That's fine. So uh, what else are you besides comedian? You're a father. You're a comedian. Father, comedian. I'm. You know what's the thing about comedy with me? It was never. I never the wanted thing. Kevin Hart's career. Dave yeah. Chappelle. I never. That like that seems like a nightmare. Yeah. You can't like. You know what I like? I like to go to the store, <laughs> and nobody bother me. Yeah. There's no way Kevin Hart will ever be able to do that yeah, yeah. outside of like maybe you could go to thailand so you want to be successful place. but not successful so you could be successful like that i always tell people look at people who write your tv shows and produce them in the movies and stuff mm. how many of them can you name that's true that aren't like front like jordan peele you, so like who's them go- already and famous. also even like ghostwriters and stuff yeah, tons of, and so that's what i do i write i do mm. a lot of writing for people and a lot of things and she's like it. Well, do you make money off stand up? No, because there's not really a lot of money in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you either make it and break it, you, or you're you just. get to a degree. Just... So I use my ability to write to showcase my writing. Stand up was to show that I could write mm. in, in performance, whatever, but I could write and I could maybe direct. Yeah. And so it got me to the position I want to be in. So more so, I would say I'm a writer yeah. um, who enjoys comedy and enjoys stand up from time to time. Um, I know you only free comedy. Right, but that's yeah, the thing, yeah, like, because yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm never. There are people like, oh, you don't post, you don't do this, you know. I'm like, I don't really care. Because that's like, not really your yeah, main I'm not element. Trying to, no. Would, would you no. say? Because obviously, you mentioned you have a therapist who mm-hmm. who's been your therapist for a hot minute. She's been officially now six years, five, six years. Just, would yeah. you like to refer her to people? Because obviously, she's she's done helped you. No, you don't. Yeah, have to. no, I would. No, um, you know what? Yeah, actually, <laughs> I could. I mean, I'll give her information. I, I had to get it at the end, but That's yeah. Cool. But um, no, the reason I'm asking is, would you deem like your comedy? Because your comedy overlaps with your life, and it's a lot of real stories. You speak mm-hmm. about the clock and spoon and all these other people uh, yeah. yeah so like you refer to your real people right it's not yeah. made up stories yeah. you maybe exaggerate I don't know but do you see th- your comedy as a form of therapy as well I did um, that's the only mm. way I was letting stuff out mm. and my therapist was like yeah this is not therapy stop and really? pro pro comics like big ones are like it's therapy in the way that um you are getting like the attention satisfaction or the satisfaction yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's not therapy because once it's gone and every comic who's worth a damn can tell you you drop 
Cause I was gonna say the one thing I've noticed is like a lot of comedians mm. aren't happy. Mm -mm. Like they mm. they they make the world laugh, mm -hmm. but then when the lights turn off and Just everyone's sadness. gone, yeah, and in in a lot. But and when you when you drop, it's a drug. Mm. It's just endorphins. It's just a yeah, hit. Yeah, yeah. You, oh my god, they love me. They're laughing. People shaking your hand, telling you they love you, telling mm. you you made them happy, taking pictures of you, whatever. And then you go out and you get on the subway and nobody talks to you. Nobody knows you. Mm. Nobody cares. You go home. You still pay your bills. You do everything, and you're waiting for that next hit. Is it also like escapism mm -hmm. from your reality? Yeah. And so I'm always like, you have to find. I always tell young comics, especially, you need to find something else to do. Yeah. You need to live your life. You need this whole like I don't have no job. Comedy is my only job. It's a mm. terrible mindset because that was cool in the '80s with Eddie Murphy and those people, and they made it. But you live in a world now; things are very different. You need to be working, living, school, fam, something to. First of all, you didn't got no material. You need to pan you A's and B's, and yeah, yeah, right. that's so true. You're right. You got you ain't living. Yeah. So what are you talking that's about? True. You ain't talking that's about true. nothing. That's true. And then it's not therapy if yeah. you are sad and if you are depressed or hurt in any way or something. If you have a memory that comes in and you try to like get it out of your head quickly and do something else, you need to go to therapy. Yeah, but I think it's just not normalized, especially amongst mm -hmm. men. Even though the narrative is now overly stressed and it's interesting, I did a piece about um, male mental health mm -hmm. and because of suicide. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of guys who message me and go, yeah, that was a waste of time. Because one guy said, anyone that commits suicide is, is a coward. And because mm. they weren't man enough. And I'm just like, this is this is the problem. You are the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're telling other men, you're a man saying to men, if you speak to another woman, then you're not or even any other person, it shows you're not you're not strong. Right. Swallow it down. Yeah, but then but then I said, but then how do you deal with it otherwise? So okay. I think yeah. to speak to a therapist is also like a big in his eyes, another L. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, how do we really change that narrative? If you're like, let's just say you're someone who's going, I'm down with therapy, and then you tell your boy and he's just like, nah, that's weak, man. To be a man, old school days, our dad did it, did it, did it, and then it's like, yeah, but your dad probably drank himself through it, or he probably avoided yeah. home, yeah. or he probably beat up your mum, or like, like we deflect as human beings, we, we deflect, but it's just, it's such a shame when people can't go, do you know what? I think I need therapy. I give, I give examples of my own personal stuff. I never put it on them, and I don't try to give them examples of it in their life mm. because they'll always try to rationalize a way out of their They'll own justify. things. I yeah. tell them stuff that I've done, and yeah. as a result of therapy, that I won't do anymore. Yeah, uh, stuff that I've worked through, uh, things that have happened to me that mm. I don't talk about with people and stuff. Like my therapist told me I had sex the first time I had sex. I was thirteen, okay, and then the girl was sixteen, and then the next time I had sex, I was, f I was like fifteen years old, and the woman was thirty. God damn! And I thought I was a player. My boys no. was high fiving me. My therapist was like, "Baby, you got um, you got molested. Mm. You were abused. That's abuse." And I never saw it like that. Because young boys had a thing for older women. Man, just the fact yeah, that I was yeah, yeah. I was like the king of, you know, my friends <laughs> would buy me things because yeah. I was so cool yeah. to them. And that's yeah. a And so I would say, but now I, it, when talking about it and how I felt in the moment and after, I was not happy. I was mm. scared. I was terrified. I didn't feel good. Mm. Uh, I threw up in the bathroom. Oh, wow. And I told my boy that. And I was like, that's why I need therapy. Mm. Part of, you know, that, that's, that's not okay. And he was like, yeah, I can kind of see that. I said, imagine your 15-year-old son having sex with a 30-year-old woman. Yeah. How are you going to feel? Or your 15-year-old yeah. daughter having sex with a 30-year-old. How are you going to... You, you know that's not okay. But that's the thing. It sounds it sounds more crueler 
when a guy does it with an older woman. That's the problem. And then the other way around, it's like, yeah. hold up, R. Kelly, what's going on here? Do you know you what I mean? You see the posts on Instagram, some ladies sleep with their students. Where were these yeah. teachers when I was yeah, yeah, yeah. all the men? Yeah, oh, like, oh yeah, me too. Or like, whatever. Oh, oh, they, like, or they gas them up. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Where was, I wish I had this teacher. Who's the snitch? Like, I wouldn't, and I'm like, do you understand? Like, that's a problem. Yeah. And yeah. so with me, um, I don't, if somebody is like, oh, you're not a man because you go to therapy, I'm like, that's cute, baby. Like, I guess you can have that opinion, but I'm going to keep doing it because I know what it's done for me. And I can see that you possibly need that help. I'm not a therapist. I can't psychoanalyze anybody. Yeah, you can't tell me for a fact. But I think everyone needs therapy to yeah. extent, whatever it is. You Half need the time it. people are like, oh, this person is a sociopath or this or crazy or that. And I'm like, you don't know. You're not a therapist. And if you are a therapist and you're labeling publicly somebody something like that, and you're, you're not, not a good therapist. Yeah. You don't know what it actually goes into determining these things. You just read a list online and you apply that, yeah, which yeah, is crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. in so, itself. But everyone's at fault with that because social media is so overly oh, yeah. saturated with facts. <laughs> facts. A lot that no one checks. Yeah. Nobody ever checks. Nobody goes, no, no, like, no. Well, what is this information actually from? It just sounds like it's, what fits your narrative. It sounds matter of fact. Yeah. So we're going to run with it. Yeah, that's true. Um, so obviously you've come to the UK, mm -hmm. you in Atlanta before, you've been to, have you lived in Europe before as well? Yeah. Okay. So I, uh, I was born and raised in Atlanta, mm. got family in NOLA and Chicago and all these places. Um, and I had traveled as a young man overseas mm. a couple times, like as a kid. And then, um, Ended up ne never even thinking about it. And then I went to Germany when I was like 19. A friend of mine was like, yo, bro, you should go to Germany. Well, he was a German guy that mm. I knew. He was like, you should come to Germany, man. I was like, all right. <laughs> Why like, not? What? I was like, all right. And it took me over and I was like, this is just white, bro. <laughs> <laughs> More whiteness. I don't understand. But I had a good day. It was cool. I was 19, so I could drink. But it was a different kind of white? It was a, it was a not racist to my face white which yeah, i appreciate polite racism but it was it was you know what it is it was a fetish racism okay the women yeah. especially only reason they wanted to sleep with me but because i was a black person mm. like a man from america mm. uh, and that's a huge thing you had the accent yeah. and the skin tone oh my god <laughs> and then i didn't think about it and then i got older uh and I traveled more different countries. And I kept experiencing that. And I was like, and it, it started to bother me so mm. much that I, I became angry. No therapy at this point. I became angry. And mm. I started to, to use that to my advantage of being like, oh, well, this lady is just a white lady from Sweden or whatever. And she's just wants to have sex with me because I'm black. And she's using all these like terms she doesn't she's saying all these things that are racist but she doesn't understand they're racist or she mm. knows they're racist but it's what it's like but she's not racist because she wants to have sex with me so yeah, yeah, yeah. how could she be racist and uh and i was like i wonder if she'll pay for things for me even though i had money mm. and so i was like mm, you started flipping the script this dick ain't free <laughs> yeah and yeah. i started but then it was, became manipulation and scamming mm. like not even essentially that's just what it became did you even notice that you had that kind of in your nature not until well, yeah, because my mom and dad was scammers and did all that type of stuff. So I knew how to, that's how I knew how to do it. Mm. My mother had all our bills paid and never slept with half of these dudes at all and things like that. My father, just in general, we don't talk, but he he was a polygamist and had all these women living with him and doing all these things, but he never supported, never did anything, yeah, yeah. never. And uh, I knew I wasn't going to talk to him when I was 16 and he had a, 
60-year-old woman. Okay. And I said, oh, okay. This so is makes where we're sense. going. Yeah. We're good. You don't get to meet my... So kid. you started basically abusing your position with these yeah, women? Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, I didn't see a problem with it because the people I was around was like, well, they white. Mm. And they look what they doing. And then I adopted that mindset. When it doesn't really, even if that's the case, then you just don't involve yourself with that type of person. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't use them. And I can say drugs, I can say drinking, I can say whatever, but you just, you still don't do it. Like there was never, there was times where I just didn't think about it, but then there was also times where I knew just like with anything else, selling drugs, anything, this is wrong. Yeah. You can rationalize it any way I want to rationalize it's, it. It's admitting it's wrong first. It's just wrong. Most, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it is what it is. But I guess the, for you, the novelty wore out. So initially when women were all, o- all, over, all over you when you first went to Europe, you oh, like, I was oh, like, oh, this oh, is absolutely. exciting. Yeah, I, I got like, this. I was like, man. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then that kind of took a turn where you decided to just finesse him. Yeah. Because I, f- I was feeling used and, and like tossed aside. And I was like, and you know what never dawned on me? Oh, this mm. is what girls feel like. This is what women feel like. Yeah, to an extent. Never dawned on me until, and honestly, I didn't come to that. My therapist was like, hello. I was like, you right. Yeah, you yeah. Right. Literally, welcome to yeah. the woman's welcome world. to the world, yeah. The reality. But the thing is, it's interesting that you mentioned that women fetishize over you or over your race. Um, I've actually experienced it where when a guy does it to himself, Mm. where he's like, yeah, I'm black, I'm this, I'm that. I'm like, oh, boo-boo, that don't excite me. Mm-hmm. And like, they overemphasize like, what makes them more superior like sexually when it comes to... And I'm just like, yeah, that doesn't excite me. Like, I'm not I'm not a Karen mm. who's going to be like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, yeah. I want this. I'm like, ew. Like, you know the red that, flag? Wrong audience, mate, wrong audience. <laughs> the red flag always for young minorities, any male mm. or female, somebody is white or whatever, and they say, I don't fuck with white people. Or, I don't date white people. I don't have sex. No matter if they're trying to be urban or hippie or whatever, if they start to speak a little different and, and do like kind of black or brown inflections and say they don't mess with their own race, run. But I do that with the, so I do that. See, I'm, you're talk, me and you're talking opposite sides. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about women that sexualize you because of your race. I mean, and men I, too. No, no. But I also will never ever I told myself whenever I got to know a guy, if he said to me, I don't date my own race, if he's Nigerian, he goes, I don't like Nigerian women, I don't find them attractive. To me, I'm yeah. not I'm not with That's it. That's crazy. Because I'm, I don't, I'm not dating you, getting to know you because of your race. I'm getting mm-hmm. to know you for you. But for you to, there's a level of self-hate there. Like, you. yes, your mum, that's your yeah. sister. And yeah. what kind of narrative are you pushing on them and mm-hmm. making them feel? Because if you're rejecting your own people, then they're going to be re- rejected by someone else who wants to, whether they want to date a white woman, an Asian woman, an Arab woman, whatever. Yep. But for you to just automatically rule just out your own kind. Your, own, your your reflection. That's you. How you got here. Literally, you are part of, in your blood, in your movement. What makes in, you, all the stuff you describe that makes you cool and stuff you got from that community. That's it. So it's wild. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, that's because with the, with amongst some white people, there's lack of culture, right? Yeah, and when you're yeah. raised amongst certain environments, so some some white people that are raised in London, especially of like how urban it is, they've adopted to a lot of different oh, cultures. Sure. It was so, a culture shock for me because I was like, yeah. why are these white boys talking? Like y'all just don't let them. They're like, no, this is London. Yeah, like because we to created adjust. like part of growing up British. Yeah, is that we create our own culture because because we're, yeah. we're all different generations, third culture kids who come into the UK and now we're building building our own culture of our own different dialect like lingos from different mm-hmm. parts of the world. Then you have you know Kevin who's raised amongst us, and he's now one of us, and we all just share the same. Doesn't mean that anyone's going to call anyone the N word or whatever, but there's there's limits. But we celebrate each other's and our differences. I think in yeah. that sense. 
if you're raised amongst minorities and you have a bit of flavor for minorities, I get it. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> but even then and still in that, like I know. So it's like this is a it's a thing in like Brooklyn. There's a lot of white women that live in Brooklyn. They listen to Erica Badu and they have incense and they want to do all this stuff. And they, they have like, incense. And they be like, oh, yeah, my queen. And you be like, bro, like you're from Wisconsin, dude. <laughs> like, let's be real about this. Let's keep it 100. But also, yeah, it's like I get that you have been in hip hop for 40 years and you just want to be a part of something. And like you said, I don't have mm. culture, but I go, you need to find out whatever it is mm. that Norwegians were doing or Scottish or <laughs> Irish or <laughs> whatever you are, that. tap into your Celtic, whatever it tap into that yeah. culturally embrace that because it wasn't racist. Yeah, It was what you were. And then you somehow became a, they're the only race that became a color. They became color first. Mm. White was invented. It's a great link I'll send you. It's called How White People Got Made. And it literally was rich English and whatever was like, we can't let the Scottish and the Irish and all these other people team up with the blacks and the browns. Mm. What can we do? Let them know that they're white too and okay. give them a little crumbs over yeah, yeah, yeah. the other ones. So it's like, to elevate them in they're the all. Eyes. There's no more Irish. There's no more of this. That's why in America, it's not like Irish pride in this place. I'm American. This, this I'm white. white. Yeah. And so why can't I be proud of being white? Because maybe you four types of things. Mm, mm, mm. You're four types of things. But the thing is, when you said tap in, I don't I never thought I would defend um, a Karen or anyone like white. Not in, in these conversations, at least. But I feel like if you're born and raised in a certain environment, you can't force someone to tap into something that they can't identify with. Fear. So if you've been born and raised in London and you're originally Scottish or, I don't know, Polish or whatever, and if you can't tap into it because no one's giving you the culture... It's kind of hard mm -hmm. because this is all you've known. And if your parents mm -hmm. didn't bring you down, bring down and inherit all these cultural values, you then know. all you're doing is picking up your environment. Your environment's the schools, this environment's is like your jobs, et cetera, et cetera. Same. So you're trying to find your way. So like- It's the same with, it's like, I look at black Americans. I'm like, you know, we often fight, there's inner fighting in the diaspora with mm. uh, African, West African and East African as well. And and Caribbean people and black American people, and we all, who's black, what's not black, who's in charge, who's not in charge. And there should not be it any gets in messy. charge. Yeah, it gets yeah. messy, but I always go like, black Americans especially, we, we want to be a part of the bigger thing so bad. Afrocentrism, mm. um, all these other things, all the movies we make, it's always like trying to get back to Africa in some way. Mm. And then a large portion of us don't feel accepted by that. And it's like, but I'm, I'm the whole coast mm. mixed, so where do I go? And I always tell black people, they're like, oh, you know, I don't know, I don't, I don't mess with Nigerians. I'm like, you might be Nigerian. Yeah, bro, chill somewhere. yourself. <laughs> like, go go to Lagos first and then say you don't mess with Nigerians. Because it's, it's to an extent, I think, and correct me, I'm sorry to offend you, but I feel like a lot of people who are born and raised in America who never left have their mm -hmm. own ignorant views. Oh, for, very, oh, very sure. strong matter of fact views. And it's just like... Just like the white people there. I yeah. have heard my black friends say stuff when I come home. I won't say who, but someone, a young woman told me, mm. I want to come over there and find myself at Idris Elba. And I said, oh, that's cool, man. You got to have to pick a uh, Nigerian or Jamaican. Yeah. And she said, what are you talking about? I was like, well, we, they're going to probably be first or second generation Nigerian or Jamaican or yeah, Ghanaian yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, Bayesian or something. And she was like, they're not just black? And I'm like, that is black. Yeah. But she was like, but like, 
I don't want a Nigerian guy or Jamaican guy. I just want a black British guy. I go, that is what a black British guy is. We're, to an extent, we're, we're lucky enough to be first, second, third mm-hmm. generation so we can everyone can trace themselves back. Yeah. But you guys aren't fortunate not, enough to be that. able to do that. And I told, and I told her, I, was like, they, I said, the Caribbeans are like us. Mm. Jamaica is not a country in Africa, mm. right? It's just a. It, so I go when you say that you're discrediting their black experience. I said their sugar cane were cotton. Mm. They're the only difference in mm. the accent, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, yeah, so we had that conversation. She just was. She was like, "Where are you going?" I was like, "Oh, I was in Dakar, Senegal, and I was in Agadir, Morocco." And she's mm. like, "Oh my god! Like, did you? Where'd you stay in a hut?" And I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, baby girl, I was you like, just Dakar, stay there. Senegal has some of the best architecture in the <laughs> world like yeah. it'll make Atlanta look like trash sometimes like, you got to choose your battles though some yeah, people are just yeah. ignorant <laughs> I just sent you some links and pictures yeah was, my way is like look this is what it looked like what yeah let yeah. me let me leave you some mind-blowing links yeah. and leave it um so just quickly we're running about out of time ish um Islam, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at your most recent post and mm-hmm. you actually used one of the quotes, which is Malcolm X quote, which is the hardest test I've ever faced in my life was praying. Yeah. Why did you use that quote? That's my, so I'm doing, my thing is I'm doing my best. Mm. And I don't mean that as a scapegoat, as like, I might still fuck up, I might still mess up. I mean, I'm, I'm literally trying, I wake up every day and I have to d- actively choose to do the right thing. Mm. Anyone who thinks they tells me they wake up and they just go about their life doing the right thing, I'm like, no. A conversation with a young lady who was like, oh, I don't eat avocados because they're tearing down the rainforest or whatever it is and it hurting people as she was doing cocaine. And I said, (laughs) where you you think there's fair trade cocaine? Where do you think that comes from? Mm. And so I go, you have to actively decide to what you're gonna do and for me, my first thing I try to do now is I don't try to hop on the phone. I don't do anything. I uh, mix a lot. I make my prayer, right? Mm. And um, it's hard because I believe in God. Mm. I believe there's a presence. I believe there's something greater than us. I don't think it's male or female. I wouldn't put a sex mm-hmm. label on it. I know the language we say he, uh, but that's because of who was in charge, right? Mm. I firmly believe that. But I go... <laughs> It's just sometimes hard for me to rationalize a lot that I've been through, that I've put people through, that I've seen people go through and continue to go through. Mm. And, and I don't understand the plan, but the part of letting go and understanding that's a greater purpose and thing than me was easier to do than to kneel down to pray. The ego that I have that I'm trying to lose is the act of being on my knees with my head bowed, serving something greater than myself mm. and that's the ego of man i think yeah and just in ge- humans and the man but in general it's just like where do i get off thinking that i shouldn't have to do this and that there should be because the counter is that somebody should be doing that for me yeah which is not the case yeah unfortunately ego is a, a right. big killer yeah. so the hardest thing for me is being a person who went from scamming pulling a gun on somebody fighting doing whatever else trying to be a player, trying to laugh, trying to make people laugh too, whatever, having everybody kind of praise me to a degree to then being, even praise me for my negative stuff. It's even yeah, more yeah, so. Yeah, because some people would, of course. Even more so. More people praise yeah. me for the bad stuff than yeah. the good stuff still. Yeah. And I would, um, the hardest thing for me is to let that go and to give in to God. Well, I do it. Mm. I pray daily. I'm not going to lie and say I pray five times. It's a step. 
Oof, I'm is trying, but I do. I got my I got a little alarm that tells me every time I'm supposed to do it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, let me get my mat, my rug out, and do my thing. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have a mosque. I don't go to any mosque. Uh, I went to like a couple, but I, I didn't. I did not feel welcomed. But I was like, I don't. I'm Unfortunately, not. racism and Islam's a real thing. Um, yeah, but but that's a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing. Um, yeah. And we, I, I literally, I'm about to release an episode where we spoke. About, I spoke to Ariva basically about that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just like he was basically pretty much told to stand in the back every time he entered Same. a mosque. Same. And but then there's so many mosques and places of faith where actually your people are there. Yeah. And you'll be able to like feel some sort of family. It was weird. Like, like nobody wanted to like touch me like yeah. next to me. And I was like, what is going on? And I thought like, oh did I am I doing something wrong? Because I know I'm pretty sure I saw the YouTube video. I'm doing everything right. It's just smell of poop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, come on, man. Do I smell? Yeah, like that dude, like that. Yeah, no. It's my feet. They're they're ignorant. They're extremely ignorant. And I think that's that's yeah. It's finding the right mosque. And I don't know. I can do my research for you, but I'm sure there'll be some. Don't wear your fly shoes to the mosque. Oh yeah, no, you're gonna get robbed. (laughs) Thank God. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Yeah, they wear that fly though. But I was like, I mean, it happened once to me where I never nothing happened. But I was like, I came unexpectedly to go pray somewhere because I just had to find that time. Yeah. So I popped over at a mosque and I was like, nah, where are my Yeezys? Yeah, you. I was like, mm. And I was like, it's a risk. <laughs> so I positioned them somewhere so awkward, hoping that no one will find them. because still got you. I'm just like, luckily I got big feet. So the rarity of someone to finding them was yeah. good. I, I have like, mosque shoes now that I'm going to good. Just, just some dirty <laughs> just flips. Rundown. Yeah, some rundown holes. You can take them if you want to. I got a second pair. Someone might even give you new kicks. The feeling bad for I you. Hope so. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. Yeah. Um, what's been your lowest point in life, and what was your turning point? Uh, three lowest points. Okay. You know what's wild? Nobody ever asked me that except my therapist. <laughs> no friends. No. Welcome. Listen, I tell people, welcome to your therapy session. Yeah, nobody ever asked me. Um. And I don't mind admitting this because it's no, I've already, I've had lawyers and things. I've already talked about this. Low, my first lowest point, I shot somebody. Okay. Um, I shot this. They, it was a shootout, but I, I know I shot this kid. Mm. Uh, and I have never, ever forgiven it or forgotten it. Um, mm. Lowest, lowest. Threw up, peed, like, on myself. Like, I just, even now, like, I feel like, like, I can't make eye contact with you, really, because I've feel embarrassed it's like bad mm. and that's the lowest 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 point mm. um and then the second lowest point um a really really low point was i i knew this young woman needed help mm. and rather than risk my own life potentially which it wasn't i just left her to the wolves mm. and um I saw her later and she knew I had left her to the wolves, which I didn't know. Mm. And the way she looked at me was. You can't, you can't see that. We're friends now. Um, We've talked for years about this was years ago, but Mm. the way in which we became friends was a blessing. But the, oh, she actually helped me out of a situation. um, Interesting how the table turned. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I guess a low point. All in one is hurting my kid's mom um, by messing with a lot of other women and, mm. you know, having them message her and, and, you know, be like, oh, he's a piece of shit. And he used me, he used her, he used her, and he used her. And, uh, messaging my friends and talking and, you know, comedy me, all that stuff is like, yeah, they're going to have their side and I have my side. And then I'm somewhere in the middle, I have 
<laughs> lawyers and letters and stuff from police to be like, here's what actually happened. Nothing bad, not, yeah, no yeah. rape, no physical hurting or grape. You know, I can't say physically hurting or anything like that, but just the, uh, using and abuse of their bodies and things like that. Yeah. Um, but the way she trusted me to have like her best interest in mind. Um, and then uh, that was, that is like a low, like really like, she did nothing. She actually helped me a great deal too. Like mm. she was like, yeah, listen, the lean, the cough syrup and the pills, that's done. Mm. I'm about to pull up some cough syrup today. I'm so yeah. glad I didn't. <laughs> she was like, that's I'm like the, my first. <laughs> no, like the you know, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. was like, that's the rap it's on it. She helped me out with that, and and that's the she popped out of nowhere. That's what really sparked a lot of the controversy. She popped out of nowhere because I would never post women. I posted her, and then it, it shit hit the fan. Yeah, because uh, you didn't know you don't know you're being watched, and so yeah. So some women are MI fives. Oh yeah, yeah, oh oh, like, all, all the time. But but that's how you want to spend your time. Hey, more power to you. But they got time the that so those points this, yeah. this violence, ignoring somebody's plea for help, and then hurting someone by not being honest and true. Have you forgiven yourself for all any mm. of those three? No, not yet. Working on that. Working on that with therapy. Working on that with God. Working on that with the people. Working on that with myself. But I have first and foremost. But I have not forgiven myself. I don't know how close I am. I want to. Um, but uh, like I can still see their faces. Have they forgiven you? Um, the kid's mom did. Mm. Uh, she did. Um, and the girl you speak to her to this day? Uh, she has for sure. But she's mm. like, you got to stop. Yeah, you wasn't involved. You yeah. just didn't help. But I said, but that's the same as being involved in my book. She's like, you have to let. And that, and we were. 27 at that time, yeah. 26. She was like, you're 37 years old. Yeah. I've moved on. I've got therapy. I got this, whatever. But you have to, um, you know. I think, we, I think we've all made poor decisions, mm -hmm. different levels. And mm -hmm. I think we have to forgive ourselves because you can't, you can't blame or you can't hold onto something that you don't even recognize that person anymore. Mm -mm. Do you know what I mean? You're that, cha you're a changed human mm -hmm. being. Whether you, whether you go, look, we all say we've unlearned, but we've unlearned behaviors and we've like, we're a new person until we're in that situation again. We don't really know where we've really truly unlearned something. That's how I feel. Is that, but yeah. from what you do know and the energy you're putting out and what you're trying to be for your own sake and for your daughter's sake, there comes a point where you need to just allow yourself because you don't recognize that kid that shot another kid. You're, mm -hmm. you're no longer that person. Mm -hmm. It's just about the beauty of growth. And I think a lot of people who've done the maddest things, the fact that you've stopped and reflected and the fact that you're trying to get help for it, I'm not trying to therapy right now, but the reality is part of the next level of growth that you're going to have is allowing yourself to forgive yourself. It's yeah, just, yeah. Otherwise, you're, yeah. you're always going to be at a standing point of growth. That's lit, that's a, that, but I know you say you're not trying to be therapy, but that's the key. Mm. That is the key. And sometimes I don't think therapy has to necessarily come from this professional therapist. I think people can, like yourself, you can say things and be warm and be welcoming and open to people. Uh, just with general, like, who you are and what and what you want to accomplish in the world yourself. And I think that that's helpful. Like, you mm -hmm. know, like somebody could DM you and be like, you know, um, therapies for cowards, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you can literally just be like, if that's how you feel, I'm sorry, blah, 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 instead of attacking them back, right? Mm -hmm. um, my first instinct always was to attack back. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I have a lot of, honestly, feel guilty and feel bad about things, multiple things, but I'm starting to forgive myself, like the Erica Badu quote. And, yeah. 
Um, I'm. It's just a. It's just a everyday, like thing. Like I think when I do, I'll probably stop having like I have, like I sweat and have nightmares. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like about things that I've like done or seen done and haven't stopped. And yeah. Um, and so I wake up and I'm like, ah, oh, it's just, a, I think a big part of it, like my therapist says, is you, when you forgive yourself, a lot of this will stop. You're removing a lot of weight because mm-hmm. you're carrying a lot in your chest, even though yeah. you're growing and you're evolving and you're, you're hopefully going to become the dad that your daughter deserves and future kids deserve. Yeah. And to be the friend for everyone, I think until you forgive yourself, you're carrying a lot of mm-hmm. negative energy that actually just takes up too much space and stops you from healing further. Yeah. So, um, yeah, allow yourself. Um, what brings you peace? Whew, um, you want to say you want to say stuff like, "Oh, my daughter brings me peace." Whatever. I mean, she might do momentarily. Does, does. You want to jab her in the throat? To, to, <laughs> yeah, to a degree, she does. It's not this parenting thing. Is people don't aren't always honest about it. Like it's hard. It's yeah, hard. but it's beautiful. But is every moment is not joyous, <laughs> and uh, sometimes I just want to go to sleep. But yeah, mm. but. Uh, there's a so much when I see her there's just like whoa um, you know Islamically they say your children are the corners of your eyes yeah and so is your so, so should your spouse like when you look at them no matter how hard life is you should there's just something in that moment where you're yeah. just like everything's cool I think um, what truly brings joy maybe it's cliche mm. is I really really like helping people not making them happy I don't really care making them laugh so much. I really like to help someone. Mm. If I can um, help a homeless person, because I know what that's like. If I can help a a child that's lost, anything, it doesn't even have to be extreme, like open the door for somebody. Like I, I enjoy making someone's day easier because maybe You're because a man I made so many days, yeah, people's then. days bad. Like I, it's not balancing, but I never like making someone's day bad, but I've always enjoyed making someone's day. Yeah, I like being in service uh, yeah. to people. Um, so do, so I think you just touched on that. I interrupted you, sorry. So is that because of, to an extent, the guilt that you carry, that you feel like you part- have to constantly compensate? I think partially, but I've always liked that even as a kid. Mm. Even before I was like, whatever, even as a child, I always enjoyed like helping. I'll open the door, but I'll punch you in the throat as well. Yeah. Balance. Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to just balance it one way. But yeah. that, and, and the thing that honestly, that really brings me joy, mm. and this is crazy, food. Yeah. But it's not like food, like, I'm happy that I, it's so weird that I'm about to eat or whatever. It's like seeing the food being made. For whatever reason, yeah. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, to. And yeah, then I yeah. eat it. I'm like, yeah, that was fine. But, like, when I see it being cooked, I'm like, Ooh. Can I ask, do you talk to your food? Because I talk to my food. All the time. Like, people don't understand. I'm I like, literally, yeah, I'm like, save. You know, I love you. You know what's going to happen? <laughs> literally. I did an Yeah. I'm, oh, my God. Susan, you want a little extra salt? I know you want some salt. Like, literally, I'm just like, you look amazing. It's about oh, to go down. Yeah. I love you and I appreciate so you. <laughs> people don't understand. I'm going kisses to my... Mm. Yes. I respect that. Yeah. See? Yeah. Yeah. Real recognize real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the last, um, what's the best advice or wisdom that was given to you? Mm. So, um, the thing my grandfather told me about, don't, someone calling you a name is not a tr- trigger for you. Mm. relax and move on with your day. Are you still walking? Are you able to continue to move on with your day? Which goes in part with RuPaul, who said, if the worst thing that happened to you is that someone called your name, if that hurts you that someone called your name, 
then your life is going to be very hard. You got to get thicker skin, especially if you're different. So um, that is a life lesson because I don't like people talking to me any kind of way, but that helped me uh, a great deal. And just to be the best advice mm-hmm. someone gave to me um, is be honest, no matter how much it hurts somebody, no matter how much you don't want what follows the honesty. Um, just be honest. Uh, and I've been doing my best to do that, but that is something that that advice has helped me a lot. And and mm. to always, when when something happens, try to immediately see where that's coming from. Yeah. So like with like forgive, but what Kanye West is like, I don't agree with anything he said, obviously, but I go that's a to me that's a person who needs help. Precisely. Yeah. Right. Like I yeah. like Recognize if this was a homeless it. person or a person standing out in the streets in, in speaker's corner square saying these things, you go, that person's crazy and you'd walk away. Yeah. But let's I see let's that. deep where that comes from. Yeah. My first instinct with him is I'm like, man, I wish I was his friend, not to get money or anything, to hug him and smack his phone out of his hand. Like, yeah. brother, sit down. Have mm. a plate. Eat your chicken, shut up. <laughs> Chill the hell down. Chill out. Let's watch. We're going to watch the Mariah Carey uh, videos. And when I love watching music videos, like old music videos. Watch these Whitney Houston videos. Relax, bro. We're going to relax. No, you can't talk to nobody. Wasn't Eddie Murphy's like, have a Coke and a smile? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. Like, that, like I feel yeah. bad because he doesn't have, like, people in a lot of these positions and different, they don't have friends. They don't have yeah. people just be like. To keep them in check and humble them. I have, luckily, I have some of those. Yeah, I think it's important to have that support around Because where I would be without those, like my boy who found me out on the street, mm-hmm. I would be on the street without that person. You know what I mean? So luckily I have that type of thing. Um, one last thing, and we gotta go. Um, what's the one thing that you've managed to unlearn to break that cycle, inherited cycle of your parents? Mm. By the way, you're coming on for a number two. Because we've got so much more to talk about. I'm down. Um, not to, not to. Well, the thing I've the the, the thing I've learned to the, that I've unlearned and stopped is a lot of the uh, definitely criminal behavior. Um, some stuff I didn't consider criminal, mm. uh, but it, even if it's not legally prosecutable, it's, it still could be considered criminal. And I don't. I had to unlearn a lot of these behaviors of how to like try to cheat and scam and navigate like different systems and things like that and just do the work. So I had to unlearn the cheap way, the snake way around doing things and just to do the actual work. And I got to say it has paid off within like a year and a half Mm. of me recently now doing, I mean, there's been periods where I've done that, but my career and things have gone to levels that it wouldn't have been, mm-hmm. regardless of cancellation or whatever else. Like I'm doing, I'm writing and I'm doing what I want to do, um, and I'm getting money to do it. You know, and I'm I'm okay. Like, and things are gonna get better, and there's opportunities that it's are trusting, coming. It's trusting the process and it's humbling trusting yourself. The process, yeah. So I had to learn to do the work, and um, not to blame others. Yeah. I get it now. Listening to your story, and also the the fact that you kind of need this instant result thing. Mm-hmm. That must be a very difficult constant coaching because yeah. like for you to progress in your writing and everything, it's like pacing yourself for that moment to unlock another level and another level. And right. knowing that even though you can make dough a lot faster, oh, much, yeah. much faster, oh my God. Um, it's just knowing like, I guess faith and, and reality yeah. is just humbling you. Yeah, I had to, I had to pop out of that. Um, I respect it and I appreciate your journey. Yeah, I'm trying, I'm on it. 
That's good. When we have, when I'm back, when you want me back, I'm. This is nice. I'm gonna come up in here. I'm just hang out here. Yeah, you can chill here after I go. No, I mean just in general. Every, I'm just come here when you're here and just like yeah, listen just come to your through, man. guests and make, yeah, it's, make it's jokes. Yeah, other in the sessions of therapy. You can be my heckler in the background. <laughs> I'll do it. Boom. You can finally be on the other side. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I absolutely appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, you. Yeah, when you come to a show. When you invite me. Okay, I'll tell you. I'll, there's a couple coming up I'll tell you to come to. Thank you so much. Yeah, okay. um, for those who don't know your socials, can you please let them know? House of Nubian. Everywhere. House wow, of Nubian. Wow, you've fully really changed. In you know why? I all First of all, Nubian is like, you're going to black people, especially American black, Nubian king. But the, <laughs> everybody's got like house of this and house of that. Like white people got all their houses. Yeah, and yeah. House, and I'm like, we ain't got no house of Nubian. I'll do house of Nubian until... The username that I want Instagram is actively trying to acquire for me, which is just my uh, uh, Arabic name. Uh, yeah. So they're working on it. But Wait, how then, do you do that? Just, I have my lawyer write them. Okay, I need to kind of borrow your lawyer. Is he yeah. free? I was just like, yeah. Because <laughs> your lawyer is involved all the time. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, listen, I as soon as <laughs> one white lady said something bad about me, I went to the police myself and was like, should I do this? And they laughed at me and they were like, you're fine. Stop being an asshole, and I got lawyer in general. And then from then on, I was like, "Oh, your lawyers help." <laughs> like anything, like I go to my lawyer. My lawyer's like, "Stop calling me. You don't need to call <laughs> you don't me need a lawyer for this. Just say what you want to say. You're an artist. You can say whatever yeah. you say. You rip the guy's head off, yeah. unless they can prove it." Yeah, I think also in the UK it's different. Yeah, well, he's a US lawyer, but yeah, yeah. But thank you so much for coming. Well, thank you for having me. And um, we definitely be back for part I two. I'm taking my arms with me. I'll, I'll take my days. Please do. Guys, you have been listening and watching Growing Up Brits-ish. Myself, Mama Hebs. Um, you can catch me on Instagram on I am Hebs with a Z. Um, all Growing Up Brits-ish.h and on YouTube, Mama Hebs. Thank you so much. And we'll see y'all next week. Well, I won't see you next week. <laughs> no, you won't. Sorry, you're not invited. <laughs> Grownish, smartish, British. We are British, apparently. Uh-huh.